Hello and welcome to the November 2017 Richmond School Podcast. I'm Jeff Weiss, District Administrator. Uh, we'll go around the table. We have some special guests here, but also with me again today is uh, Mrs. Santhram. Hi, I'm Gina Santhram, and I'm the Principal and the Director of Pupil Services for Richmond School. Thank you. And we have two very special guests with us today, and I'll give them a chance to introduce themselves. Uh, Abby, would you like to go first? Hi, I'm Abby Sinnott, a student at Richmond School, and I'm the president of our school student council. And I'm Rhiannon Eberly. I'm the LMC director and the student council advisor. Mrs. Eberly and Abby are both here today to talk a little bit more about student council and to give us kind of an overview of what they do and what makes student council exciting and a great opportunity for our students. Abby, by the way, is our student council president. So she's an eighth grade student. Abby, have you been at Richmond since uh, junior kindergarten? Is that right? I've been here since kindergarten. Since now. kindergarten. Okay. So Abby has been a Richmond student. This is her eighth year of being a Richmond student. So Abby, would you mind telling our, our listeners what student council is all about? Um, well, Student Council is a student-led organization that supports school, community, and global service projects, meaning that we do a lot of projects that benefit not only our school, but also our surrounding community and our entire world. That's terrific. In addition to, um, to your mission, is there anything special that you have going on in Student Council it, or that you've done in the past uh, several months since school, the school year started? Well, we've been doing a lot of projects recently. Some of them include our book fair, um, we do a craft at book fair where members of our student council volunteer after school to help make help kids make a craft. We also did the Rocktober project, which is a project in which our members write messages on rocks, thanking all the staff for what they do at the book fair. Another project we just did was the teacher dinner at conferences. We also did snack carts for that too, and at that at conferences. We provide dinner for teachers who are doing conferences, and members bring around a cart with snacks and drinks for the teachers. Um, another project we are doing is lunch surveys, which we just finished. And lunch surveys survey students about what they like and what we can improve about our lunches so we can hopefully improve our hot lunch. And another project we just did at our last meeting was cards. We made cards for Children's Hospital, for kids at Children's Hospital. A lot of our members really like this project because it allows us to be creative and to design some fun holiday cards. And another thing we are preparing for is the Fall Regional Jam Conference. And this conference is a day conference for all the student councils in our area. And it, this conference allows us to learn about projects that other councils are doing and hopefully improve the projects we do in our council. Hey, Abby, I know that you're one of the officers. Would you please recognize the other officers for our listeners? Sure. So our vice president is Kennedy Mann. Our recording secretary is Lily Liu. Our corresponding secretary is Paige Lind. And our treasurer is Elena Sharafsi. Abby, one of the things that I really love about student council and Mrs. Eberly um, is really your dedication to service. So those that Rocktober when you came around and, and painted all those rocks and when you came around with the, the uh, lunches for teachers, and this really is kind of a, a neat thing. We had students coming around with a cart, offering the teachers a snack on the long conference days, and we had students under Mrs. Everly's uh, guidance painting rocks together. Where did you get these ideas? In regard to uh, how we decide what projects to do, generally that's part of what our meetings are every two weeks when we meet. We kind of put up a, put a lot of these things out for a vote among our members. 
But we also talk about the meaning for what we're doing. Um, The service to others is really at the heart of everything that we do. One of the things that we kind of open our year with um, when we talk, when we have new members join, and we talk to those members about, you know, what is student council really all about? The one line that we say over and over again, because it's truly what we believe, is that one of the most important things you can do with your life is to serve others. So our projects are basically decided that way by what impact they will have for our teachers, for our students, for our community and our world. Some of our projects go to benefit children that have cancer. Those are things that are important to our members. Absolutely. And I, I think that's really one of the things, too, when we talk about our mission at the school is educating the whole child. Opportunities like student council and opportunities like participating in service projects, like the ones that, that you do through student council, are a big part of what makes us who we are. So, In addition, your skills that you are developing through your leadership on the student council are adding to your school success skills um, that are also represented on our standard report cards, but those are other ways besides learning in the classroom, those school success skills. So yeah, that's a great opportunity. Thank you for doing that. Abby, would you mind talk about being the student council president is really kind of a pretty cool title. Mm -hmm. You You get to be the president. How did you go about being the president? What were your, I know that we had an election, uh, would you mind just talking about how you, what made you want to be the president of the student council and then how you campaigned for the office and how you won the office? Would you mind just talking a little bit about that? So I think I wanted to be the president of student council because of how much leadership is encouraged at Richmond. And I always took leadership roles in projects and things and this uh, Richmond staff really encouraged taking leadership roles. So I think I always knew I would want to be president of the student council. And so once I had figured that out, then the first thing I had to do was kind of fill out a little form saying a couple things about why I would be a good president. And then um, I started campaigning. So I um, made a couple of posters and I wrote up a speech on why I would be a good president or why I thought I would be a good president for our student council. And then I made the speech for our council and I was nervous, but I had had a lot of practice and I had made speeches before in Richmond and in my other classes. And so I was totally prepared and I was elected. One of the things, too, with making speeches, how many times have you given a speech to the Board of Education? Because you're pretty much a regular on our agenda, aren't you? Yeah, I have a couple times, I think probably three or four times for student council. And it's really fun, and I feel really comfortable up there now. Oh, that's terrific. Thanks very much, Abby. Mrs. Santhrum, would you mind sharing some of the, um, we've had some celebrations, and we've had some events go on since our prior podcast in October. Would you mind giving a recap, some of the highlights of the last month? Yes, I'd be happy to. Uh, I'd like to start out with the fun run and thank the PTOBC and volunteers for their planning and preparing for that event. This event occurred on October 31st, and we raised approximately $10,000. That day was very fun. It was nice to see the kids joining in, um, participating. Some chose to wear their Halloween costumes that day, and everybody just working together to um, encourage each other walking or running and to accomplish the goal of the laps. We had a lot of music. We had some refreshments. So it was a nice opportunity for our Richmond family and our parents and to get together and enjoy the event. So right. once again, I'd like to thank the PTOBC and the volunteers for that. And the way that money is used then by the PTO is one of the 
one of the great things about having a very active and a very strong PTO like we do have, because that money is then put right back into the school. So that $10,000 is used for things like uh, classroom grants or that our teachers write for different projects in the room. So that could be iPads, that could be some supplementary materials, but it's really, it's a great support that the PTO and our families provide us. So thank you very much. Abby mentioned the book fair earlier that was on or October 19th through the 13th, 60% of that profit went back to the classrooms for students to use. So that was wonderful. Ray Allen, thanks for your continued leadership with this event. Could you please recognize your co-chairs? Yes, I'd love to do that. I uh, We are so grateful in the library for the help of our co-chairs each year. Uh, without their help and the, the help of about 35 volunteers, that's a lot of volunteers, our book fair would not be able to be as successful as it has. I would like to recognize Stacy Kramer and Darcy Hicks, as well as Kelly Naylor for all of their hard work over the years. They did a phenomenal job. Great, thank you. Mr. Weiss, would you like to talk about the wellness challenge? We have um, two new wellness committee chairs, uh, Mr. Holzer and Mrs. Callen, uh, both of our fifth grade teachers, and uh, Mrs. Behrens, our, uh, the school bookkeeper, are leading the staff in our wellness challenge. And this is this is our way in the school to promote healthy choices among our staff members and to model that behavior for our students as well. So right now we're in the middle of a walking challenge. Unfortunately, right now I'm in last place, but it's because of technical difficulties. My <laughs> my Fitbit and my phone aren't syncing up, and um, I just want to put that disclaimer out there right now. I think Mrs. Booboltz is uh, is running away with the uh, walking challenge. Mr. Dougs is in second place, and I'm frequently reminded that I'm in last place, but it's not because of me. It's I'm blaming it all on the technology. So I hear you, Mr. Weiss. I'm having the same difficulties. Yes, but it is a fun way for the staff to come together and, and talk to, and I know that uh, we're talking to students as well, about, uh, about healthy choices and challenges. So this is our first, our first wellness challenge. Um, we have five more coming this year, and I, I pledge not to be in last place again. So shifting gears a bit to some of the things that, that we have coming up, we looked back, now looking ahead, at the November 13th Board of Education meeting, the district goals for Richmond will be uh, voted on. And we brought those, uh, we brought the district goals to the board in October for a first read. And since that time, our parent advisory committee has um, read them and provided feedback. We've had our leadership team at school uh, provide feedback, and our Board of Education, of course, and others have shared ideas and ways to make our goals more streamlined and more just better goals. Mr. Weiss, if I'm a parent and would like to read the district goals and I am unable to attend the open board sessions, how would I go about doing that? Sure. And our district goals are much like our school district policies. They're posted on our website for a month. We had different policies as well that were out for a first reading in October. So they are available on our district website for community members or, or parents, uh, families to take a look at. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to send me an email or um, pick up the phone and give a call if you have any ideas on how to make our, our goals better and uh, have us produce a better product. So the goals that have been out for a, uh, a first reading, we, we lim- took the number of goals from three to two, and we combined some goals. Uh, the goals that will be coming before the school board on November 13th for, a, uh, for the board to approve, the first goal is to create a safe learning environment that promotes academic excellence and develops a whole child, utilizing personalized learning and grading for learning practices. And just to hit some of the highlights of what we're looking to accomplish, 
Uh, this is the year that uh, we are beginning to implement personalized learning in fourth grade. We are also beginning to explore personalized learning in kindergarten as well. We'll talk a little bit more about personalized learning later on in the podcast, but that's one of our, it's one of our major strategies to uh, improve our student growth scores, especially in the area of math is where we're using it, but it's, there's elements of it all across the curriculum, especially in reading and writing. One of our other indicators, too, and we have several for this one, but just to highlight one, is to increase our scores on the parent survey that we send out every year in May. Uh, School Perceptions is the name of, of the company who we work with to, to have the survey sent out. Uh, we'll be sending out this parent survey again in May, and we're looking to increase parent satisfaction on the survey as part of our goals. So we're looking for positive trends in the parent survey as well as positive trends on the staff survey. And then finally, one of our indicators, too, that I just wanted to highlight is our score on the school report card that the state produces. Our goal is to achieve a score above 86, which would put us in significantly exceeding expectations by the state. We hope to have, the state will be releasing the scores of the uh, school report card sometime this month in November. So uh, you can watch for a an email that I'll be sending out. It'll be in the newsletter as well, uh, talking about our results on the school report card. Our second goal is to build partnerships with families and community stakeholders in order to promote and advance quality education for our students. And looking at this one, uh, again, we're looking at certain elements of our parent school perception survey uh, to give us an idea of how we're doing. Uh, we're looking also to increase our open enrollment into the school district and reduce our open enrollment out of the school district. Those are two of our big uh, indicators for that for that goal as well. Uh, that's what we will be bringing before the board in November, on November 13th at 6 o'clock um, is the meeting. Um, if you have any questions, again, feel free to either email me or to give the school a call. Finally, one of our other um, things that we'd like to talk about is just to talk a little bit more about personalized learning. It's a big topic um, across the nation, and we are very lucky to have the Institute for Personalized Learning, one of the, I think there's three in the nation, and we're very lucky to have one in our own backyard, right right next door in Pewaukee. And we've been doing quite a wor- bit of work uh, with the Institute. Gina, would you mind just uh, highlighting a few of the things that we have going on with personalized learning? Personalized learning is an initiative that we are continuing to roll out across the grade levels. By 2019 and 2020, it will be fully implemented in grades K-8. Currently, we have our kindergarten teachers who are in the exploration stage, and we have our first grade and fifth grade teachers just beginning the research and study phase. They have been attending workshops. We have also developed a personalized learning committee that will be led by Ms. Donna Held. First meeting will be in November as well. What is personalized learning for those who are listening? You probably have heard it countless of times, but what does that really mean to your child and you as the parent? Well, a couple things, and Mr. Weiss, please feel free to help me out with this. First of all, it's individualized instruction. It's also known as customized learning paths. So basically what that means is it's the teachers work with the students to find out in terms of their skill level where they are at. For example, they could give a pre-assessment at each beginning of each unit, and that will determine what students already know and what they still need to know. The really cool thing that sets apart personalized learning from traditional instruction is after students know where they're at with that pre-assessment, the teachers, along with the students, design how they're going to get to their goal. 
So there's a lot of choice. There's a lot of student choice in this with uh, teacher assistance and teacher guidance. But going through a personalized learning classroom, you will see the teacher and the students. Um, and this is one of the really cool things that I, I love about the job I have is I get to see this happen. I can go into the classrooms and see the teacher and a second grade student sitting down, figuring out how they're going to learn their uh, long division or whatever the goal happens to be. And there's different choices that the student makes along with the teacher in order to, to achieve their goal. And they know they've achieved their goal through several different ways. It could be through formative and summative assessments. Um, the educational term for that is proficiency-based assessment and assessing students based on their level of proficiencies on the standards that are covered in each unit. As a parent, what you should be looking for is those, are those progress monitoring sheets that come home. Uh, those are expected to come home before each new unit to show you as a parent and the student what the student will be learning, what standards will be covered. And then at the end of the unit, it will be individualized and show each parent and child how they performed on each of those standards. There's also a learner profile. Mr. Weiss, could you talk about learner profiles? Sure. Uh, the purpose of a learning profile is really to get to know each individual student on an individual level find out more about their interests, their strengths, their learning preferences, and then use that information as a way to uh, help customize their learning path and help customize how they'll go about achieving the standards that they've set and achieving the goals that they've collaboratively set with the teacher. And keeping all of that information from year to year, the learner profile moves with the student from grade level to grade level as a way to uh, help the next year's teacher understand what strengths and weaknesses are of the student and how best they learn. And really, that's the, if I were to sum up what personalized learning was, it, what's the best way to have students learn? And it's taking all of those strategies into one framework and really providing some focus on our side, focused professional development for teachers and a, a lot more choice for students when they when they go to learn. We'll continue to update you on personalized learning as we continue to roll out that initiative. And before we wrap things up, I just wanted to check with Mrs. Eberly or with Abby if there's anything else you'd like to add. Anything we sometimes when we start talking, we we don't cover everything that you prepared to say. Is there anything that we missed that you'd like to talk about with student council or with your service learning? I think we've covered most of what we do. There are probably a lot more projects that yeah. we didn't talk about, but we just we just want our community to know that our our students are in this group to become better leaders, to understand how to serve others, and to know that the world is bigger than just themselves. And I wanted to ask Abby if she could kind of contribute some um, ideas to how do you feel that Richmond School has prepared you to be a leader and to, to do, to serve in the role as student council president. I definitely do think Richmond has prepared me a lot for this role. And one of the things I think was a big thing was the school success skills with which Mrs. Anthrum talked about a little bit. And we focus a lot in that about um, responsibility, respect, and different things like that. And so I learned a lot about respect for my peers, respect for others, um, responsibility, like I said. Like I also said, the Richmond staff really encourages those things and they encourage leadership and all the qualities of being a leader in the classroom, outside of the classroom. I think that 
the school success skills and how um, the teachers and the students encourage each other to use those skills really prepared me well. I also think, too, that through some of the programs that we participate, particularly the state conference Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the year, which is kind of the culmination of um, a lot of things that we do. We It's sort of a showcase for all of the things that all the projects that our students have done. We compete in seven competitions. Several of those are individual competitions, but it's good to know that we're integrating both the soft skills as well as the academic skills that mm-hmm. the students have learned. So it's kind of it's kind of like that it takes a village sort of mentality that we're incorporating through student council is all the academic skills, the leadership skills that um, all the teachers have contributed to, and we we kind of incorporate all of that in order to accomplish what we do in student council. Well, thank you so much for coming, Abby and uh, Mrs. Eberly. Thank you. On behalf of uh, Gina Santham and myself, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in uh, to our podcast. We are also now available for to sign up for a subscription on iTunes and on Google Play. So we hope that we hope that you do subscribe, and it's just a much easier way to have our podcast automatically sent to your mobile device instead of downloading it from our webpage. So again, thank you very much uh, for listening. And on behalf of everyone at Richmond School, uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again in December.